And we are live. Welcome to this episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is Warren Hoxie, and as ever, I'm joined by Charles Maxson. Hello, Charles. Live. Welcome to this episode of Totally Unscripted. <laughs> <laughs> we might have some technical. Hi, Steve. Hi, Hi Mark. Hi, Carl. <laughs> this is Totally Unscripted. <laughs> Welcome. So, um, We've talked about AppSheet in the past, so the no-code, low-code uh, platform that Google acquired, uh, I think, a couple of years ago now, I think. Um, and that's a continuing uh, a platform that's continuing to evolve. So we thought it'd be useful for all you uh, developers and no-code workspace users to um, actually get an update and um, we couldn't think of a better person to invite along than Christian Schalk. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to bring Christian on. And hopefully, Charles's gremlins are sorting themselves out. It was awesome. I had the reminder pop up that said the show was on, and the show started playing. So it was perfect. Then I had to go through 37 different tabs to find it. So I do. <laughs> it is live. Hey, welcome, Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hey there. Good to see you. So, uh, Christian, we've had you on the show before, but I wonder if you wanted just for those who, for whatever reason, I can't understand why people wouldn't have seen you talk before. You're all over YouTube right now. Oh, well, um, I have, okay, so yeah, there is a, a, a YouTube series that I started with AppSheet. Um, yeah, we can get into that. But uh, yeah, I've been around for a while. I've been a developer advocate and a, and a product manager and stuff for a number of years. And um, more recently, though, I've been devoting a good amount of time into AppSheet and helping it uh, plug into Google better. So I've been focusing a lot of energies towards like refining out like the connector points and uh, just basically making AppSheet more of like a, a Google-centric product rather than kind of like a one-off solution, uh, solution in its own uh, space, I guess. Um, so, so that's really the extent of a lot of the stuff I've been doing uh, recently. You may have seen my name obviously associated with AppMaker. And so when uh, AppSheet came on board, just as AppMaker was kind of going through its uh, transition, shall I say, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I was actually helping a lot of our AppMaker and, and cloud workspace customers uh, adapt to being able to take a lot of their use cases and apply them into AppSheet. Uh, now, it's not like a straight fit. AppMaker and AppSheet are different products for sure. But there is some level of, of similarity to a certain extent that some of the existing workspace customers were OK with. Um, then the other option is just straight cloud programming, which you know it is what it is. And, and people essentially know what they're, they're getting into. But yeah, we, we put together a webinar. I think we had four or five different webinars that walk our uh, workspace customers through how to transition over to, to AppSheet and then also give them uh, guidance uh, on how to approach the more uh, advanced architectural type of app makers and how to kind of, kind of switch into more just generic cloud programming. But anyway, that was kind of like the early days. More recently, though, I've been doing some of the newer features, like the automation feature that mm -hmm. we launched on the app sheet side. So I put out a video, and we can go into that, obviously, in more detail and just kind of walk through that. I have another video that's queued up, almost ready to go out. It's uh, ML AI, uh, so how to use the ML AI features. Um, so it's interesting to see the the reaction because that typically ML AI is a fairly popular topic across the board. So if you look at uh, uh, I/O like keynotes, it's like oh we're using AI here or using AI there. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how that translates over into the AppSheet world. On the positive thought, on the positive side with AppSheet, it's like you don't really have to know all the nitty gritty stuff about AI. You just kind of 
click through and, and it's given to you basically for free uh, in three areas. But I, I can go into that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, Chris I, have a first, I have a first question for you. And you, you, you spoke about a lot of things there and you, you went into a lot of kind of heavy lifting technologies. I like to frame AppSheet though. I mean, AppSheet really is, it's a no code solution by default, right? It's meant to be something that a, I don't know how to say this nicely, a less technical person uh, is able to use as a tool to, to solve some problems. But you're a developer, you're a developer advocate, you build solutions for a living, or you teach others how to build solutions for a living. How does AppSheet fit into a developer's toolbox? How do you position it? Yeah, perfect question. Um, so as, 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 as you say it correctly, I, I do know how to go deep uh, as needed in various technologies. But to me, AppSheet provides the best value to the well, it's two classes of people. There's definitely the citizen citizen developer folks, folks that are maybe okay with working with like certain amount of uh, basic scripting. People are working in sheets, things like that. App Sheet does fit that uh, persona quite well. But having said that, as App Sheet continues to mature and has the ability to connect to other types of technology where there might be more programming or where there might be more complexity or more. Uh, um, heterogeneous architectures, that's where you get someone who can step back more of like the uh, applications architect and say, okay, we already have all these other components working. They can kind of talk to each other, but I want to bang out and have a real straight, simple, mobile friendly, mobile ready mm -hmm. front end. And I don't want to have to kind of construct that all manual. I just like, you know, crank it out and not really waste time on it. And so if your criteria or your requirements are such that you do not need every little pixel to be exactly where you want it, but you want to like have like a, a core set of default types of UI types that they're called view types in AppSheet. And you can have certain, uh, obviously a good amount of customization as well, but you don't really, or you don't have to do any kind of UI, CSS, HTML for whatever. So it, the box is that it's a good kind of front end to whatever else you want to put behind it, whether it's just a simple sheet or a whole uh, heterogeneous architecture that does a whole bunch more stuff. So and that's then, a, the front end can also entail uh, workflow automations as well. That's kind of like the cool thing about this. It's more than just a front end. It's kind of got the logic part uh, in, in, integrated as well. So. so that's a great framing, I think, of of you know why you jump into it. One of the questions I have, and I know a lot of folks that listen into this are used to writing and having a lot of control over the solutions they build because they write their own code, they write their own you know all layers or whatever. Yeah. Um, how far can you really take AppSheet? Like we're obviously you get a lot of stuff for free because up front, you know, drag and drop UI, you, you, you get a lot of that built for you, but how far can you take it? Like what, how far can you push the solutions? I mean, one thing I wouldn't recommend is like saying AppSheet is the end all solution for every possible thing. Sure. It's a very complementary technology in my view. And, and its strengths are without a doubt the UI, the mobile aspects of the UI, that's solved for you. So you don't have to waste any time on that. And then what I always think is the value add is the capability for the data source and the connectors to be able to tap into other data sources and then use the AppSheet product kind of as the hub, so to speak, kind of like an automation hub for how to orchestrate a lot of interesting different um, events and stuff going on in your backend architecture. So. I could think in that sense, you could see the app sheet as maybe kind of the front end 
to what could be a fairly sophisticated, uh, intelligent overall architecture. Um, that's not to say that AppSheet is doing it all the heavy lifting, but it becomes more of like a heterogeneous architecture. We've got a lot of different moving parts of the background. Uh, that's kind of like on the extreme side. That's where like you really probably get something, uh, got get a lot of uh, big bang for your bucks, I guess, for AppSheet. Now on the simple side, sure, any citizen developer who's got a sheet, boom, they have an app just like that. So that's that's kind of like the extremes of like, they don't have to muck around with any other technology. They get their app and it's basically built to the, built for them for free, you know, so. Yeah. Um, so I'm little, I think it's kind of like AppSheet's sweet spot in that sense. I'm a little curious. I, I guess I'm more on the citizen developer side. I've brought in tons of sheets and play with it and built some really nice apps in AppSheet. But if you, you pique my interest with connectors and I see they're in there. I know there's a bunch of opportunities, but what are some of the other ways and some of the other things that you connect into your solutions to build on? So in general, when you talk about connectors, you you have the ability to connect to different, and, and the terminology is sometimes data source or connectors and things like that. But basically you have the ability to connect to different providers of data. So starting without a doubt, there's a Google Sheet, right? That's pretty much like the first and foremost thing. But you can also go into other types of data connectors like Cloud SQL, for example, connect to a Cloud SQL database and do the exact same operation that you would do with, with, with a sheet, you know? Uh, and then you can also connect to a whole bunch of other stuff, whether it's Microsoft, uh, Dropbox, Calendar, uh, et cetera, et cetera, Salesforce. They can all be essentially connected to an AppSheet front-end hub, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, um, we can go through those lists. But, oh, BigQuery, as I mentioned before, that's another thing. But once you've set up your connections, then it's just a matter or the same type of uh, process that you're already familiar with and how to work with 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 AppSheet. So for example, in my IO uh, talk where I showed how to connect to AppScript, that's another one, it's in preview, but that's another new connector that's coming online. You, as long as you know how to set it up the, um, the, the, the GCP project and how to kind of set up the OAuth credentials, uh, once you get that set up with a connector, so you essentially have the client ID, client uh, secret, uh, then you're good to go. You can actually call that connector from within your AppSheet app. Mm -hmm. And that can be done via an AppSheet automation. So maybe you have an event in your app, like some field changes or whatever. And they say, okay, I want to fire off and call my app script function. Um, so that's just one example of how you can kind of start to string together more complex applications that they they shift out of the typical citizen developer, more, but more towards an enterprise architect who can understand what AppSheet is and how it can play a com complementary role in a bigger uh, enterprise architecture. Uh, speaking of citizens developers, um, so I imagine they start probably with a Google Sheet and scale into AppSheet. And then if they scale some more, then they may want to consider things like BigQuery. Um, what are, let's see, I lost my train of thought. Um, what is the typical user experience do you find that they become experts in AppSheet in their organization? Or do you find that once they start scaling, they give it to someone else in our organization? Like uh, I I don't know if I've observed like uh, too, uh, too much of a consistency there. I mean, sure, without a doubt, there's people that are sharing and mixing and matching. And AppSheet's pretty good about that. You can bring on multiple developers on projects and stuff and so forth. Um, I think it's fairly varied out there. Uh, and again, typically from what I've seen, most like enterprises, they're gonna have like their citizen developers, they're gonna have kind of people who are just banging out simple apps when they can, and they're pretty much self-serving. They don't really need a lot of hand-holding. 
so much. And that's where AppSheet, I think, provides good value add for them. Then in the enterprises that I've seen as well, there's also the, the official IT department, the, the folks that are responsible for the heavy lifting on the inside. And within that IT group, there's a subset typically that I've seen that they're focused on solving problems or creating solutions in as fast and most efficient way possible. So those tend to be the audience that might be receptive to technologies such as AppSheet in the sense that they can say, oh, I need to build a UI for this backend system. Fine, boom, I'll just use AppSheet and, and cut to the chase to it. So in that sense, that's how I see like the spectrum of users out there. There's a system developer, they're pretty good on their own, but they're not really doing too uh, you know, advanced things. But as long as they got insert, update, delete, query, but then be able to tap into some of the more advanced features in AppSheet without really getting getting too uh, in over the heads, then, then that's fine. But then they can, as you go into the more of the traditional IT camp in, in companies, there are segments within traditional ITs that might also appreciate the fact that AppSheet does provide just very simple ways to building front end, front end or hub, so to speak, uh, functionality. I think as well, I, you know, what I've seen, there is a super supportive AppSheet community out there. And yeah. it's it's like once once you get started, you're kind of, you're hooked. You, you've got a really supportive community to, you know, if you do hit stumbling blocks. Yeah, this, you, those webinars run um, quite a, quite often, um, I think even monthly or so. Uh, Charles and I mm. actually uh, participated in a webinar, and you can probably find it, where we went through the steps of how to prepare a sheet to get it ready to work within AppSheet. And so a lot of times, like Charles had this great example where he had a lot of different like advanced features of sheets you know, inside the, the 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 native sheet directly and say, okay, how do we take that and bring it into AppSheet? So we just mm -hmm. walked through a couple different, you know, best tips and, and got seemed to get a, a good response out of that whole uh, uh, webinar and the experience. So, yeah. so something you mentioned was um, the, the new feature around AppSheet automations. And I suppose this is something that unless you knew AppScript with AppMaker, you, you know, you're, you're going to have to delve into codes, but, um, yeah, yeah, without my understanding doubt. of AppSheet automations is you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's always been the, the the thing. And and there's actually a video of me in Google Cloud Next, like a couple years old, where I actually show how to build a automation or a workflow in AppMaker. Where I I just basically jumped into AppScript code at that point, and just you mm -hmm. do your own logic from there. Um, but um, and and there's kind of an ongoing joke of like how many workflow solutions, visual workflow solutions have we seen or how many are there going to be? Um, and that's just, it is what it is. Like, it's like a very popular area. I can say though, uh, on the on the positive side with what AppSheet provides in the AppSheet automation feature, you know, it's very straightforward in the sense that you, you go, I can even show you my screen if you want. It just kind of walk through a little bit of the functionality there and kind of explain it in a simple fashion. Um, let's see. Let's do that. So and these are slides. Has, yeah. oh, sorry, so let's do it. Let's assume nobody has built one. So let's let's. let's yeah. It. So let me walk through kind of like at a high level what this is, and then I can even pop over into AppSheet and show you. But basically, AppSheet, you know, allows you to do you know automated processes. Um, and so I'll just kind of quickly go through some of these slides here, real quickly. This is actually in the video. So I have these videos that are all in the video series here. So I just pulled these up just to kind of refer to them fairly quickly. But in Both. a nutshell. Go full screen if you can. I'm sorry, what? Go full screen if you can. If oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We can, we can see it. I don't it. need to see my tabs. So, so basically, 
it, it provides an environment where you can create these bots that, that, that then have like a particular event uh, associated with them. And then you can have, you can string along a series of processes and the processes have different individual steps within them. And there's, there's a fair bit of terminology, events like bots, events, processes that have steps and the steps have tasks. But once you kind of get into that, it's really not that big of a deal in the sense that uh, I think this spell, spells it out more or less. It's like you, you you trigger off an event and the event could be, you know, if the data has changed or if you actually schedule an event, essentially. And the whole thing with AppSheet works is like typically when data is changed and then you, you click off a process and the process can have one or multiple steps and they can be logical condition checks. And then you can branch off into other uh, processes or subtasks and so forth. And the tasks themselves have a, a variety of different options. So for example, you can do a task to send an email or send an SMS and so forth, or a mobile update or a mobile, you know, um, I guess it's called a mobile update or whatever. Um, or you can do like a data change. So if a, if, if a typical event happens, you might want to change a field in a particular record. Um, or you can call a third party service using a webhook. So the plumbing is all there in AppSheet. And this automation feature, when it was announced, just kind of provided this high, higher level way to automate or orchestrate all of these things together in a fairly uh, succinct format. Um, and then, of course, the, the other task type is file creation. So you may want to create a document or something like that as a part of this overall process. I'm oh, sorry, what? Oh, that, that was probably an echo in your head, but I, th th that's pretty exciting. I didn't realize you, I'd love to hear more about the file creation scenario. Uh -huh. uh, just out of curiosity, I didn't even realize that feature was in there. That's neat. Um, so you can create yeah, a file base too. And populate it with the text of kind of do a quote unquote mail merge type thing, right? Yeah, that's exactly, kind of exactly. It's template based. So you can put in your own like, you know, custom data that's pulling say from your data source and then populate your doc and then you can generate that doc. So, so yeah, totally, it, that's a, a very powerful feature. And I assume webhook is where app script can be tied in? Yes, that's exactly. So on the Google I.O. Uh, talk that I did before, um, and I can even pull that that uh, uh, slide <laughs> or those set of slides up as well, or even point you to the demo. But yeah, that's where you, uh, in the end, you can have a, uh, a task that's a webhook call an app script function. So that could actually be part of your overall process. Like say, for example, here, see where it says like, you know, set a set a particular record, and then check a condition, and then do one of these tasks. This could be call app script function, for example, uh, and that's basically how it would work. And, and the way you call it is with a, a webhook. Hey, Chris, not to put you on the spot, but I want to put you on the spot. Could you actually show us a webhook calling an app script? You have a demo nearby, and this is totally unscripted, by the way, folks. Oh, okay. So do let me see. I have a couple things handy here. Um, I have to double check my accounts. Because I have to, I have a couple different accounts here. Um, I do have this demo ready to run, which is basically the one I used in the video. Now I have the one where I show actually the app script part working. Um, that's actually in the video. I can show you the video. Actually, that might be the easiest thing to do. Uh, I can just cue it right when the demo happens. Um, so take your pick. I'd say I can walk through the features right here. Uh, live, or I can just queue up the I/O demo and just show that fairly quickly. It does, uh, whichever is easier. I, I just thought it would be interesting, folks who write a lot of script to see it. Um, we can take your word for yeah. it. So yeah, let me link. And let I, me just I, show I, you I, 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 I was totally unscripted, but I just thought um, yeah. 
you know, if you could yeah, look at one, one of the things, it out, that'd be cool. Yeah, one of the things, just to be perfectly uh, honest with you, that there's been some uh, changes, the that tweaks have been, <laughs> there, there was a, a few things, because it's limited preview, uh, some of the stuff has kind of been uh, teetering on some days it will be fine, and then and sometimes it would have to go back and, and double check things. So um, that's why the demo is probably the safest route for that. But <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, I can show you, like for example, this demo here, which is essentially just creating a bot that you know triggers off of this particular event. When the, like I have this task, I have essentially this running tasks application that uh, serves as a as an overall demonstration platform for. Um, for this uh, series, and so in this case, I'm just triggering off of this particular event, you know, when data change. So there's a condition right there on the right side, uh, and then you know it proceeds on and checks to see. Uh, it just basically kicks off this process, and, and actually you can walk down it even further. So if I want to see the actual steps individually, I can do that. Um, and then here's the overall process flow, I guess, which has the the, the fulfillment, I guess, after the event kicks off. And then in this case, it's going to do a data update. So as you can see here, it's going to run a task. It's going to change the data. It's going to set some row values. And then I just go here and I select which data I want it to do. And then I change it literally to, say, in progress. And so that's the first step it's going to do. Then it's going to do a logical operation, uh, which then checks to see if, if a uh, priority happens to be less than two, so if it's priority one, basically. And if it's no, then it's like low priority, then in this particular demo, I just, just send a default email, and you're done with it. Uh, whereas this one, if it is a high-priority one, I actually send like a high-priority uh, styled email in this in this case, where it's like it will go through and say, hey, you know, you have like a high-priority task and yada, yada. So this is the demo that's in the video. I could even run it right now if you're curious. And so then after that, we can go back to the app script part. Um, as well. So let's see. Let me go back to. So I'm more curious. I'm going to ask Steve Webster a question. Hey, Steve, if you were to write that in App Script, how many lines of code is that? <laughs> right? That's, a, that's quite yeah. a bit of stuff. And we've all probably written an app that does that, that, that kind of a similar thing. Chris, how long does that take you to build an app sheet? Uh, it's, it's trivial. It's like, you know, a couple of minutes, literally. I mean, it's just like pointing and clicking. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can I can do also I can create one as well. I, I'll probably create a different app to do that. But for this one, this is working fine. But let me um, let me just walk through it really quickly. So it's going to I'm going to basically update this record and I'll change the due date to today, and that's going to trigger uh, the little workflow that's going to get kicked off. So let's see, switch that to today. And this happens to be a low priority task, so it's just going to generate an email, and it's also going to update the status. So the status is going to switch from not started to in progress. And so once it synchronizes back with the back end, it should be fine. There we go. So now it says in progress. So that's what we want to see. And I should have an email popping up here. Oh, there we go. So that's the the, the low priority type of an update. And again, this could have been a webhook to an app script uh, call. So. Uh, but you get the idea. So now if I were to go back and let's say, let's go back and change another one of my tasks. Like uh, this one here, this one is high priority, basically priority one. Um, I'll update that one. I'll do the same thing, make it do today. And click save. <coughs> Oh, 
So once that triggers it, we'll see the fulfillment again on the other side. Okay, so now it's set it as in progress. That's what we want to see. I should see another email popping up in my inbox here. And there we go. I have a high priority task. So hopefully that gives you a basic idea of how you can string these together uh, in general. But as far as like creating a new one, uh, let's see. Well, let me ask you because I think I think we kind of get the flow or the gist of that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think even I can actually build one of these. Um, but you're working on something new. I think is it's actually super exciting. I think you have an upcoming video on it where you dive in a little bit deeper uh, and you start using things like you know, AI and ML type concepts to okay. back end your app sheet solutions. How do you do that? that? That sounds a little more complicated. How do you do that? And, it, and what are the it, it is, um, it could be, but it's also very simple too. So like, um, so if, if you're cool with that, I mean, I, I was gonna walk through very simple, like how to create, and, and this is something, you know, definitely it's very easy to do these things. Like you, you can create a new bot and have it do any number of things. Um, there we go. I'll just add a step, and then it, it, it'll it'll load suggestions for certain things based off of your usage patterns. So hopefully this this gives you at least a, a kind of a flavor of like what it's like to build uh, automations sure. on the fly. But yes, getting back to your question about the ML AI stuff, that's actually pretty cool stuff. Uh, let me pull up the. Um, Before you do that, Christian, uh, there is a, a question. I think in terms of debugging, so do, do you, is AppSheet automation unbreakable or, <laughs> um, you know, do, can you create impossible processes and that does it flag? Uh, yeah. um, let's see, what your question is, can you make impossible processes? Yeah, so, you know, you're, or conflict changes, so your, you know, your your process is changing. You know, for example, a, a, sh a sheet cell. Um, that, is it? Is that something as a user you're just going to have to learn and kind of use your skills to identify when if you're changing a cell to two different values in the same process that you've got something wrong there in your logic. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I I haven't encountered that. In my own work, um, there may be safeguards or get some automation, automated kind of like safeguards against some of those things where you put yourself kind of into a, a situation that is not really um, tenable from a logical flow, I guess. <laughs> but um, no, that is a good question. I do not know for sure if there's some automated safeguards built into it yet, but that's a good question. Maybe we can kind mm. of like research that a little bit more or um, but see it. But so far I haven't seen anything. I, I can always empirically probably derive uh, an example maybe where I can probably uh, trick it, but but I, I would have to go back and, and try that out on my own. But yeah, that's, but yeah. Um, so jump in, Chris. I mean, you've been working on this. You, you gave me some hints and ideas about how you're using this. And to me, it sounds like you're taking a, a relatively simple, straightforward task and then really supercharging it with the power of you know machine learning on the back end. Uh, jump in and tell us about the use cases and, and, and what you, you've experienced so far. So you, you want to talk about the machine learning and AI features and in, in specific, specifically? Yeah. 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 Okay. So. I, I happen to have, these are the slides that I, I have in my upcoming video that's um, gonna be due out in the next few days. Um, what I really wanted to do was just, um, and again, keep this 
in line with the automation. So like, as, as you recall, we have the processes that can have steps and tasks inside it. These tasks can be to do certain things that involve ML AI, at least uh, to the extent that you might want to be updating data based off of like, you know, predictive uh, text or whatever. So the, a, lot of the, a lot of the features that I'm showing here can be kind of integrated with some of the stuff I'm showing also with the automation stuff. But in general, stepping back a bit, machine learning AI, um, it's a whole body of technology. And, and I'm sure it's like you may have dabbled or actually gone quite deep, but really for most people who have worked with it, you know, it can be pretty involved, like um, just going into the, the vision API or the vision overall cloud vision technologies. That's a whole vast set of technologies. And that's just one area. There's the natural language processing, um, uh, sentiment, being able to predict sentiment, things like that. So what I've done is just in this slide or in this presentation that's going to be due out in the next few days, is I've tried to kind of uh, take the, the the key three features in AppSheet and explain how they're bundled into AppSheet such that they allow a citizen developer to mm. uh, take on this more powerful technology that they wouldn't necessarily have probably the technical background to go in and use natively in say Google Cloud Platform, right? So, because like once you go down the, the deeper path of using the technology directly with GCP, you already have to know like how to, you know, do REST connections to RESTful APIs. You'll have to know authentication. You'll have to also know how to kind of get comfortable with training models using like the backend tools within the cloud platform. Now, the nice thing about AppSheet is that it's all bundled in for you relatively easy. So like, for example, first off, you have the ability to, um, you know, just command your app using your own voice. So that you get that for free, that's called Smart Assistant. And so, um, or you can actually uh, use essentially OCR to detection uh, kind of like for free. You just like, you know, create an OCR model and that will be able to deduce what bits of text from your example images fairly quickly. And then finally, you have the ability to uh, give your app the ability to predict, like, um, any, it could be any number of things, but based off of your own training data, you can train your model from within AppSheet. Mind you, you don't have to jump over to the cloud platform, but with all within AppSheet, you can have it train your own model and then provide prediction for you. So I have a demo of that, which is pretty fun. It's like a mobile phone uh, pricing calculator that it's using like a, a custom model that I, I trained it with. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in a nutshell, yeah, cloud platform provides all these, you know, most common branches, NLP, natural language processing, vision, data classification, but AppSheet basically rolls them into these easy to use features that most citizen developers can jump right into and use without really, you know, encumbering them with a lot of like <laughs> heavy duty ML AI training. And so that's essentially the, the, uh, the gist of like what I'm trying to communicate in this video that just explains how to use the different features. So first off, Smart Assistant, it uses natural language processing, essentially voice to text to essentially create uh, commands that go right into AppSheet. So in this sense, um, without even doing anything, all you have to do is turn on the Smart Assistant for your app and you can click on a little microphone and you can talk to your app. Hmm. And so then it will just do interesting things, whether it's like, filtering different queries. There's actually, in my video, is I actually have like this uh, demo where I say, show me a map of all the national parks. And then you can filter it further. It's like just the ones I've visited and then just the ones that are within 500 miles or so. So it's really cool. You can continue to talk to your app to give you 
like nice filtering um, data query uh, capabilities. You can also just do more straight commands, like you know, go to this view or go there or delete blah 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 or something like that. So anyway, you don't have to do anything for this feature here. It's just there and able to use when you want it to. Um, the other feature that is, you know, you you actually give it a little bit more background is like uh, OCR or OCR models, where you can create an OCR model. Uh, you train it with a few example images. So in this case, it's like I use a badge scanner example, where it's like I have a couple of simple badges that have first name, last name, and company, and Twitter handle, and so forth. And then just by giving it a few example images, it can automatically start to detect, and it'll analyze like the different fields that you want. And then it will be able to, uh, from then on, you're, you're able to basically take a picture of a badge in your app, and it will automatically extract those text fields into your form. Uh, and so this actually is uh, super easy to use, um, comes in very handy in this regard. Um, so yeah, I just go into how to, you know, a little bit of the nuts and bolts of how it works. Um, I can also show a demo of that as well pretty easily. Uh, and then finally, the other one is predictive models. So this is where if you have your own custom training data, you want to build like a a little bit more sophisticated, you know, true custom model that has, you know, that serves as a training set of data. You can take the model, train it, and then and on have like a predicted column. So in this case, I have like a mobile phone price predictor, where based off of different criteria like the battery or CPU, clock speed, camera, talk time, etc. And, and I set it up with little sliders so that if I change that, it will actually give me like an estimated price based off of the criteria. And and it's it's all of this is based off of the training data that I used, which had a couple hundred records in it. Uh, so I can show that demo as well. That's pretty. So, pretty fun. This is this is awesome. Let me be clear. You're writing no code to do all this, right? That's correct. That's hundred uh, percent correct. That's pretty amazing. And so far, everything I've said, I'm. No code has been written uh, other than just like, for example, uh, when you create a, uh, a uh, for example, a default value or, oh, for example, if you would, if in an automated, in an automation, when you have a logical expression, like a condition, then that's the closest you get to code. And that's, that's true with AppSheet in general. A lot of times you have to evaluate something is, has the due date been changed to uh, a any date that's like a different date or something like that, where, where you have a little bit of like logic, I guess, so to speak, uh, which changes like, you know, what what uh, what they're expecting, something like that. But actually no code in that sense. But, that's pretty amazing. And first of all, you, you've got a great catalog of work out there between all your videos. And again, Martin, if we could throw up um, Chris's channel where this is gonna be um, going live next week, that would be awesome for folks to read it. I do wanna take a pivot for a second, Chris. You did a session at IO which brought together a couple of great flavors that we enjoy on the show. You brought AMP for email together with AppSheet in your last session. Can you just talk about how AppSheet and AMP for email are coming together? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you see my screen, but I pulled up the video here that, that actually talks about it in detail. And, and you can actually see in the AMP email the demo, and it actually uses a little bit of the automation feature as well to kick it off. But, but you'll see that. So, so I, I my co-presenter was uh, Sarmad uh, Hashmi. He's actually a software engineer working on the feature. But he actually showed how the AMP for email uh, feature works in the sense that he was able to create essentially an automation 
see if I can pull it up here. Uh, I don't know if you can see my screen, but I could. It, it, okay, we can now. It was a little bit blurry there right now. Um, yeah, I was just moving the slider over so that it, yeah, it, folks, if you if you're checking in, obviously you can capture the uh, the URL there and find this up on on YouTube. It's actually available now. Um, part of Chris's I/O session, which uh, went over quite well. A lot of a lot of folks already checked it out. Um, but I think that's a neat thing. Again, this is a no-code solution where you're bringing in these flavors of powerful emails with obviously powerful creation. Um, yeah, pr pretty awesome stuff. Any learnings from this, or anything you can share? Is this, by the way, this is this is this is shipping and ready, or where are we on this? With the app, it's preview. It's, so far, it's preview, and you'll see it. It's 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 still preview. I think I haven't double checked it recently. I don't. Do you have an ETA you can share, or is that also is the preview also in preview? <laughs> Nothing specific. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's 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 anything within like uh, a few months. <laughs> but I, I could probably. I'd have yeah, to I don't hold it. I don't want to put it there. Thank you. Same thing for like, there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline. So the big query one, that's also coming out fairly soon as well. Uh, well, soon within the next you know two months or so, uh, give or take. So, so one of the things that's clear by your talk and your work is, you know, AppSheet for the, you know, the citizen developer, the front end builder user, but it's starting to connect to all the great flavor, you know, AMP and AppScript and AI and ML. And it's becoming this kind of gateway to GCP and, and all great things on the Google Cloud platform. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it could be really the future, but what else can we expect? Where What's the other momentum that you're seeing? I know you were closely with the team. What else are you seeing? Like where? Well, I think if more people start to look at the connectivity aspects and the automation aspects that AppSheet provides, then the, the, the persona will not remain strictly within the citizen developer, but will start to expand to more of like the enterprise architect audience who can then take it for what it is as a complementary technology to an existing body of other technologies that they may want to put together. Uh, in that sense, I think that's where the true value add can start to shine, um, where, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a cost-saving complementary technology in that sense. Right, so it's like you know, why reinvent the wheel when you can have this thing to integrate or coordinate a lot of different processes together? If you need a UI that's mobile ready, boom, you have it. It's not a big deal. If you want to create some uh, fairly uh, quick logic, logical flows without having to write code, then you have it. You can do it right here in this environment. And so, so, so yeah, I, I think it, it could continue to grow. And as long as the connectors and the data sources are are in, continuously improving. Um, like such as the new connector with AppScript, uh, the new connector with AMP, or the connector with BigQuery, uh, all these connectors that are coming online that that I think further accentuates my point that this truly can fit a nice role within an overall enterprise architecture as well. So one of the, uh, I'm just gonna say this politely, one of the challenges or limitations with AppScript-based applications is deployment is hard, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you, you publish it as an add-on or you've got people copying the same, code 37 times and they shouldn't, this is a lot more straightforward, correct? I mean, right, I'm not, I mean, I'm sending a link to somebody and the, there's nothing else I need to do. Do you see, and you know, I'm just gonna say this, do you see scenarios where this starts to edge into some of the use cases we traditionally looked at for AppScript? Oh, without a doubt, but not in a bad way. So for example, <laughs> sure, you can, build, uh, you can build web apps in AppScript and that's been the case for a long time. And, and of course, AppMaker kind of utilized that feature and brought it to a whole level. 
this essentially can supplant that. You know, for for the the class of app script web apps that you were having to write a certain amount of HTML, CSS, stuff like that. You don't really need that anymore in this case. You just can bang out the, whatever UI that you want to inter interact with your data. There's really not, uh, you don't really have to focus on the UI so much. And it's obviously it's not like pixel perfect or it's not like exact, but it gives you a, a good degree of variability on what kind of UI you want. But the, the underlying, the underwriting theme is that it's going to be mobile ready and you know it's it's ready to go immediately, right? You don't have to go through any kind of major process. And so it's the, the cool thing about it is when you build the apps, you see the app right there on the preview window on the right side at all times, and so you can see what you're getting, you know, immediately. Um, so I don't know. It's to that end, yeah. If I answer your question, or if I let's, other areas, does <laughs> you, it you, you did answer it, but I want to. I, but you know, and I, I want folks listening in to, to know. I mean, we got folks like some of the folks on the call, like in the other windows, uh, some of these guys that are, um, you know, creating app script uh, apps uh, for many years and for a living. And that's why I'm always interested on how people are seeing kind of the evolution and kind of the, you know, where the Venn diagram overlaps where, you know, and, and also I'd love to know, again, um, when do I pick which tool to do what with? Like, and, and what are the limitations of both? And I love AppSheet because it's so super fast. Uh, but I also know that with App script, I can create anything I want because whatever I feel like writing, I can go out and write as well too. So I think that's the beauty of it. There's no wrong answer. They, they, they both provide some overlap, but I think there's a you know there's definitely when I sit down, how do I pick one and how do I know which is the right one for which use? I'm, I'm guessing as well. One of the the factors there is, um, and it, it's it's different, but the cost model. So mm. uh, you know to develop a web app, it it's going to take you time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so whilst AppScript is free, you still need to account for that resource. With AppSheet, there is a free tier. Um, but you know, when you want to deploy, there, there are, unless you're on the very top workspace enterprise tier, I'm, I'm guessing there's cost considerations. Yeah, I mean, that's good that you mentioned it. Just to, just to, to address that AppSheet is free. There's a free tier, which is good, especially if you're learning how to use it. Um, and you can see a breakdown of how the pricing works. Then there's like the Enterprise, Enterprise Pro, and that pulls into the more advanced connectors, um, as you as you may guess. The the prices, I think, vary. And you, it, it does, the AppSheet pricing page does say, you know, contact your, your, your local um, vendor or whatever. Um, that being said, the workspace, there is a coordination between uh, Google Workspace Enterprise and AppSheet. It's AppSheet Core, though. So an AppSheet Core is kind of like the, uh, not the free, but it's the middle tier, I guess. Um, there's still discussion, though, on how that's going to play out in it, uh, finally. I think I think there's a, a fair argument to kind of line those up a little bit better uh, down the road, but, but, but we'll see. I, I think it's um, as more feedback comes in, we'll see how things line up. But um, but yeah, no, it's um, at least we're getting started and getting to the point where you at least understand what AppSheet can do. The the free tier gives you that at least, and so then you can kind of decide how you might want to mix and match or or or, or find like its niche for your your general overall tool chest. And so getting back to Charles, it's like which tool do you select? That really depends on your use cases. In my view. If it comes down to building simple UIs that are mobile ready, and I don't have like 
super, super high critical UI requirements, but I can get by with like, say a certain kind of a theme and I can choose from different themes and choose from the color palette. I can show you how to do it, but it's really easy. Basically you just, you, you, you set the overall theme, the branding, the colors, you can have little app icon logos, things like that. And if you're good with that, uh, then what you get out of the box is fine. It works fine. You know, you don't really have to do any any other customization. You don't have to touch HTML or CSS at that point. So, so for that kind of body of work that you have to typically deal with, where you drop down into CSS and HTML, yeah, you can put that all aside. Um, for any kind of like front end J JavaScript coding that you may be doing using various toolkits, that's also tossed out because you don't need to handle that stuff because AppSheet essentially gives you the full UI, in, uh, uh, I guess, user interaction capabilities as well, such that you know it, it's all handled within the application itself, and this automatically, you know, handles each event on a on a field by field basis. So things are are updated automatically, basically. I suppose one thing in so we've actually designed as no code, so obviously there are you know constraints of what you can do, but it sounds like the product is getting more complex in terms of what the, you know, the constraints are suddenly coming very broad. But something like, um, in fact, let me just bring up. Uh, it's more complex, a, a but question. I would say it's also more functionality to a mm -hmm. slightly more diverse audience. And so for the folks that need that additional complexity, um, then, um, then, then you can, you can, you can then, you know, Take advantage of that if that's what you need. In terms of audience requests, uh, so Siley, hopefully I've got that name right. Apologies if not, but um, can you tell us a bit, Christian, about automation monitoring? Um, that's a good question. Probably not to the extent that, that I, I should be able to tell you. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend taking a look at that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have anything exactly queued up right now on that. Um, no, that's, that's a good point. But but yeah, well, we can a, add something in the show notes. Don't worry. Well, that's, a, that's a good question, Chris. I think or um, or a good observation. And I think Martin, you kind of asked it before, but I'm a little curious. You know. You can get in and you can do some pretty interesting things fast, but I'm looking at the evolution of AppScript. It's in uh, AppScript, AppSheet. I, I mix the two names together. Uh, <laughs> I see it, it. It's becoming more complex, right? You're 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 adding automations. You're adding these web hooks. You're adding these different ways to work with it. It's almost like more things can go wrong, or more things can confuse the you know again the novice builder. Yeah, it's great for folks like you and hopefully folks that are listening in who know how to do more with it. But um, does there become a point where it becomes too complex or too hard or, or do we run the risk of seeing apps that kind of become unruly and they do need someone, you know, expertise and bring someone like yeah. Steve Webster to come in and help fix something that you broke. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I've seen, this is a pattern in general I've seen over my entire career where it's like you start with a very simple, basic, single yeah. use case focused product. And then over time, it it grows and grows and grows. And I can think back to my Oracle days, there was a product that was just so simple. And it was uh, kind of similar fashion. It was you know, WebDB, you know, it was the old name. And you could build a simple database web app. Nowadays, it's Oracle App Express, and it's got a, a thousand features. And I'm sure to all the people that really appreciate all those different functionalities, they're, they're quite happy with it. But to someone who's just looking at and I'm saying in general, looking at, at these 
products that they've gone through a very long maturation phase where they add in more and more stuff. If you're starting right at the front door and you hit all these gazillion features, then you could totally become overwhelmed. One thing that, and this is a discussion I've had with various people along the way, and we've actually implemented it in some of my older days of ways to scope the technology based off of the persona. So there's sometimes ways where you can, you can kind of uh, trigger or you can make the app uh, adapt to your persona. So like, for example, you, 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 you can even tell technologies and I'm not saying this is built in the app sheet, but you know, these are things that I think over time uh, we'll see more and more of where it's like, it can learn your habits or it can learn what kinds of use cases you're most interested in, and then it will adapt the right features and bring what makes the most sense for you to be able to do. And we refer to it as like a scoping, basically scoping the, the, the amount of technologies uh, that, that you may want to be in interacting with. And like, if I go back to my Java days, there was like, um, when you get into Java server-side development, there's a whole ton of monstrous technologies that have been around for years. And it's like, if someone wanted to build, you know, a simple Java class, you know, you didn't have to inundate them with like tons and tons of things with all these other like, you know, um, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to go into the whole Java world, but yeah, it's like there's tons of technology out there for sure. And just ways to like scope it down to what best fits the persona. And I think that's something that's going to probably have to happen uh, with a lot of these technologies as they grow, they need to be a little bit more adaptable to stay in tune with the different or a, a core set of personas. And those personas might be slightly different from each other, but at least be able to, to fine tune the, the usage patterns. So hey, hey, Chris, can, confusing. I, can I spin that question around for a second to the other, the other dimension? Mm -hmm. You know, something we've heard for many years in the apps group world is I'm an admin. And I have all these people in my organization writing these apps. And then people quit or leave or, you know, write apps for other people and turn them over. And all of a sudden, as the, you know, the IT team that needs to administrate that, I have to go figure out where these apps are. How does AppSheet actually handle, hopefully successfully, all these people building apps? How do you handle? I mean, there's, you're showing great applications where you know, data can leave the organization or, or at least the, the department or whatever. How do you manage or govern all these AppSheet apps? I mean, I know that's a big Topic, but is there a is there something different from the traditional app script world that is that is improved with AppSheet? I wouldn't highlight it as being like uh, totally different, but there is governance capabilities in the workspace area for AppSheet so far. Um, <coughs> I've, I've gone off of like what is in the plan and then what's out there today because I, I kind of see both. Um, but at least, yeah. There's definitely, I can say for sure that that is one of the, the big, you know, imperatives for AppSheet and Workspace to have the, the whole governance thing worked out better. Because that's that's like a, a, a no-brainer. Uh, we we obviously encountered that with, with AppMaker as well. You needed to have the whole kind of combined admin governance capabilities built into that. That's definitely one of the things that's a high priority for AppSheet as well. No, that's good. Anyway. Chris, uh, can I have a question too? Um, when I think about uh, AppSheet, I think about working within a domain. Um, is it a good fit if I create an app that I want cust I want uh, customers or vendors to participate in that app? Is that a good fit? Sure, sure. And you, there is like functionality within AppSheet to have a domain authentication provider such that that will be within that domain uh, typically. So it's very common. You know, a lot of different companies they'll have AppSheet running for in-house applications, and it's just a matter of how they plug them into their environment. Uh, but yeah, it's domain-based authentication that works works for the respective different environments. So that's probably a good question to segue uh, to the question from our partner from Holland, uh, ZZApps. 
ZZ Apps asked this question, Chris. Questions about the way it was priced as a company deploying it for end users. How is its licensing design? Is it workspace account-based, max users, et cetera? Uh, you probably get this one a lot. I know it's not really a tech question, more of a product question, but what, uh, what say you? So the, um, the way it works is essentially end user uh, based in the sense that you build an app, um, you pay for the, the, the end user usage of it as opposed to like a developer and have like free end usage. Um, that came up, I think it was in our um, discussion with the workspace uh, um, GDs and so forth. Um, that's essentially it. I, um, and then of course there's the different flavors, the different offerings between the app sheet as well as workspace and how they work together. Uh, and I think, if I recall correctly, you know, we'd address that in our forum. But basically, yeah, like I said, you get AppSheet Core with Workspace Enterprise, and then you can bump it up on the AppSheet side individually if, if you want. And then so, there's, there's still some discussion about making those even a little bit more. Uh, so if you combine that question from ZZ App and Steve's question, he just asked about using it with external use cases. Obviously, one of the challenges anybody who is running your solution must have the license if they're outside your domain, which you can't guarantee or, or ensure, obviously, as a, as, a, as a developer, as a vendor. So, right. uh, so that's something that folks have to understand that the license is model does require that the person right. Right. legal. I did see one exception in the documentation that if you write an app that requires no user logins, uh, I think it's like $50 a month, but I can't imagine an mm. app that's not that secure to be used. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, once once it's, I mean, it just depends on the end users and the deployment in that. In that sense. Uh, there's no interaction. I guess that makes some sense. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Chris, uh, from, from the AppScript world, you know how we have scopes, and then the end user experience they have to authorize or grant permissions. Is there what's the user experience in that regard? Is there anything? Yeah, there's a similar thing where it's like if you go through, you build an app, you go through essentially a scoping kind of like a this app will be able to send e email on your behalf, et cetera, et cetera. So you'll see fam familiar kind of like a, a click through where you have to acknowledge uh, that that aspect of it. How does that how does that work with a webhook to an app script that the app script may need authentication to Drive or Gmail or whatever, but you're inside of AppSheet as a user? How does that work? I have that, that's. So when you actually plug it in, um, you will get confronted uh, with that screen on the app script it's side. No, no different. Uh, same. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, let's see, I've gone through back a couple of times, but I think it's like right when you set up that connector, it will then trigger the the the, the click through to get that scope you know, acknowledgement done uh, first oh, out of the way, and then from then on, it's a matter of then calling it on behalf of your app, and. Um, but yeah, it, 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 you can't get away from the click-through, that's for sure. But it, it happens within the overall flow of setting up both the connector as well as then in the app itself. But it doesn't um, like constantly hit you. I mean, um, uh, but yeah. But it, yeah. Another it. thought, another thought. Um, sometimes with AppScript, uh, we are challenged with unexpected errors uh, because the administrator says, I want to lock down Drive API and things like that. Hmm. Um, how does AppSheet handle if there's a very secured administrator locking down APIs like Drive and things like that? I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've got time for for you, Christian, if you want to answer that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I hear you on the the administrator is like 
locking things down. And, and that's that's definitely a common occurrence where certain things are not available. And, and like even in like one of the other workspace technologies uh, that I'm working with, like Forms API, we, we come across that where depending on how people have set up their the, the admins, you know, they can they can toggle things and it and it's kind of gives unexpected results. And sometimes the products are not always so geared to be able to handle the different permutations that arise in the different environments. That being said, uh, how does AppSheet handle it? Um, I can't really say with 100% confidence that it will be super graceful if certain key things are turned off. Um, but yeah, I think it's real, a little bit more along the lines of you'll just have to kind of kind of work with it and make sure that it works within your own environment, I guess. But, yeah. Cool. Well, we're getting close to time here. Super appreciate you coming on, Chris. I know you've been feeling under the weather, but thanks for being a trooper and, and sticking with <laughs> it. Yeah, right on cue. Uh, yesterday we didn't think he'd make it. Um, I was not not feeling well, but I'm much better today. So that's it. You know, you got you got folks for for 30 seconds. What's uh, what's your tips on building great apps and learning more and and going forward? What, uh, yeah, just you know, take like a basic sheet. You know, this will be your homework assignment. Just take a basic sheet. You know, it has like some different data types, some text, some dates, some numbers, whatever. Nothing crazy. No advanced formulas, and, and that's kind of getting to what you know we did our webinar, uh, Charles. But basically, a basic sheet. It's got some data, like tabular format. You go into the tools menu. You can actually see the create an app sheet app. It's actually available in Sheets today. So just have it create an app for you, and then try it out. You can use the free tier. You can use your own Gmail account, your Google account, and then you can start to kind of play with it. So once it generates an app, you'll see a little preview window on the right side. Then the next thing you can do is start clicking in the uh, the data tier, the data tab on the left, and start to play around with the columns. And you'll notice that you can change some of the uh, behaviors. And the, the cool thing about AppSheet is that, well, one of the cool things about AppSheet, if you're just getting into the basics, it has this notion of the different data types. So with AppMaker, for example, or even if you're you're at a much lower level with AppScript directly, but with when UI with building UIs, it's it can always be a little bit challenging to handle different input fields of different types, whether it's like a calendar input, whether a number input or sliders and all these things. But AppSheet takes care of all that. So all you have to do is just select what kind of data format it is, like if it's an email address or whatever, then you're good to go with your form. So my very first video that I published was just a basically how to get started. And that's that's probably the best thing I'd say. Go start with a sheet, go see the first video in my series and you'll be off and running. Cool, Final final plug. That's right. Watch his watch his channel, folks. He's really, clearly there's some um, some lots of interesting stuff in the works, uh, and we're very grateful to Christian for um, coming coming on and just um, providing a bit of an insight into what's coming out, but also yeah, what's already yeah, there. Uh, I'm totally um, happy to be here. So thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, and I think that is time. So. Um, just a big thank you to all the people in the YouTube live chat. Um, sorry if we didn't get to your your questions, but um, it's been um, I think really useful to have your your comments in there. Um, it's nice to see some um, new faces in there as well. So uh, uh, thanks again for your contribution, and also thanks Christian as well. And um, we look forward to having you back on the show quite soon. Given how many new features actually <laughs> seems to be. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool for sure. <clears throat> I could hopefully show like actual in production features. So so yeah, as opposed to some previous stuff that we have now. So yeah. excellent. Well, happy no scripting. 
and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, cool. Uh